everyone, thank you so much for joining us once again on Art of the Assistant. And as I say every time we have an interview, I am excited about the interview today. Um, I'm going to be interviewing a, a new friend of mine, um, Dr. Sanchez, as we talk. I, he asked me how I found him, and I honestly, I have no clue. Um, the Lord wanted our past across divinely, I guess. Um, it was on LinkedIn, and I don't know if it was a recommendation to follow or what. And I hit it, and I saw a couple articles. I read them, and I thought, man, this is this is intriguing. I, I enjoyed um, his writing, and then started to do some homework to see where he pastored, and then that led to finding out that he is an assistant administrative um, executive pastor. And as soon as I read that, I knew I had to shoot an email out and see if we could set this interview up. And so, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and joining us this morning. It is my pleasure to be here, Treg. Thank you for the invitation. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. And tell us where you're coming from this morning. Uh, this morning, um, well, I serve in Fayetteville, Georgia, um, right. which is a suburb of Atlanta. And I live uh, about 10 miles from my church in a little uh, town called Sharpsburg, Georgia. Okay, very good. So coming to us from from Georgia and again, just excited to have you on and to see what what the Lord has just laid on your heart to encourage us with today. But just some things, um, Chris, to talk about. Can you tell us a little bit about your family? Um, you were telling me earlier about your journey, even coming into the ministry, maybe how mm -hmm. you started sure, and, and how God brought you to where you are today. Um, well, my wife and I uh, this summer celebrated our 25th anniversary. Oh. Um, Melissa, the, I tell people the, the, the greatest thing, the biggest thing I love about her is she loves Jesus more than me. Amen. Amen. Uh, she's just a godly, godly woman and, uh, just doing life with her is amazing. We've got two grown children. Uh, our son is 22. His name is Joshua. Um, our daughter is a senior in college. Uh, she's going to be a teacher. Her name is Hannah. She's 21. And uh, they're they're both uh, both saved, both love the Lord, both active in in church in minis various ministries in the church, and uh, we're just so proud of them and uh, how God's moving and working in their lives. That's great. That's wonderful. And um, are they are the kids close to home? Is are they away? Where are they now? Uh, well, our daughter is away. Uh, Troop McConnell University is a couple hour drive from here, uh, where she is. That's one of our three Georgia Baptist. Uh, schools. Um, yeah. Our son is in Valdosta. Uh, when we moved at the beginning of this year, he wanted to stay stay there. Uh, he had uh, he graduated from high school there. Uh, a lot of friends there, and so he struck out on his own. He's got a roommate, and they're both involved in uh, in the church the the church that we transitioned from back at the beginning of the year. And uh, so he's uh, about a three and a half four hour drive from here. Okay, very good. And so, Chris, when did you officially start in ministry? Um, I, I entered vocational ministry uh, January first of twenty sixteen. Okay, um, so at fill us in on that. How where where were you prior to that, and how did the Lord bring you to that point in twenty sixteen? Well, um, after uh, I finished grad school in 06, was picked up by a Home Depot subsidiary and moved us out to New Mexico and spent a couple of years there until the uh, housing market uh, collapsed back in two thousand eight. Uh, we came back to Georgia, went back to our home church, and uh, I met with my pastor there and uh, Dr. Richard Walker, and I told him that I just sensed God's call on my life to vocational ministry. And he told me, he said, well, it's about time. And, uh, and I asked him, I said, well, why haven't you said anything to me before? And he said, it's not my call to answer. 
And so, mm -hmm. uh, but I do, you know, so I didn't, obviously, uh, uh, that was uh, 2008, uh, started seminary online in 2009, and okay. uh, the options back then were far more limited than they are today, yeah. um, but I did uh, the Master of Religious Education at Liberty University, and uh, finished that up in uh, 2012, and rolled pretty much straight into a Doctor of Education program at Southern Seminary. Uh, it's a modular program uh, that requires a one-week residency each semester, and the rest of the work is done online. So it worked for my schedule. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. That's really good. Yeah, I love that that idea of the call. I think sometimes we miss that. I I I don't know. I have a hard time balancing between encouraging, you know, folks to go into ministry and at the same time making sure it's the Lord's work. And yeah, you know, that's a, it's a tough balance, um, but. When Jesus tells disciples, you know, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Mm -hmm. You know, chapter 10 and verse one says, and he called unto himself the 12. And this definitely, I think, the the Lord's work and our job is to pray that the Lord will do that work. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. When we sure. look at that. And so when you when you stepped into ministry, then, Chris, in 2016, what role did you fill in? And how did how did that transition take place and how did it go for you, your wife and the family? Well, I uh, the summer of 2015, I left my uh, last secular uh, job to focus okay. on writing my doctoral thesis. Okay. Uh, and that was a big step. Because yeah. you know, I mean, obviously, we were uh, stepping away from from income that the that the family needed, but we just believed that God was 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 in this. Wow. Um, finished up, um, and uh, about October, uh, started having conversations with the church in Valdosta that led to them calling us. Uh, we we went in view of a call in December of 2015, and uh, started right away January 1st of 2016 there, uh, mm -hmm. and that role was the uh, education and outreach pastor. Okay. Very good. And so what would be as an education pastor, what was your primary focus in outreach? Uh, focusing on uh, discipleship. Um, we had at that time, 28 um, adult Sunday school classes. And then of wow. course you've got your, your uh, children's and your student ministry mm -hmm. uh, uh, as yeah. well. So all of that layered in there about 40 Sunday school classes. So curriculum, wow. recruiting teachers, training, that kind of thing. And then in terms of outreach, we did a, uh, a monthly outreach uh, on Monday nights where we would go out and uh, into the community, we would go meet uh, visitors, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and then training as well, training people to use the various tools, uh, three circles, Romans road, you know, whatever to, to share their faith. Wow. Wow. That's really good. And so you're settled in there. Obviously it was a good relationship because your son's still there. Yeah. And, and so everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Hey, I think we're going to, we're going to move again. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me about, tell us about that, you know, cause one of the things we talk about a lot and I think you know, as assistant pastors listen, is how, how do you know when it's time to go? And, you know, when when is the Lord is an open door? The answer, is it God shaking a tree? Sometimes we say, mm -hmm. so in your life, even if you could just get into some of the practical, um, doctor, with that, with us on on how you knew, okay, we, we'd been here for six years, it was time to make a transition. Well, the um, having, having, uh, answered the call to go to Valdosta to start with, you know, we knew, you know, we had a, we had a sense of uh, what it, what, what it was like in our lives when God was moving and kind of stirring mm -hmm. and shaking the yeah. tree. 
Um, and so we kind of sensed that again. Uh, we were okay. on, on the on the backside of COVID at that time. So, um, and uh, a friend of mine, pastor, the pastor of my current church, um, we had been talking. I didn't know that they were they were they were getting ready to start looking for for an executive pastor, but uh, he he had asked me to take a look at a job description, give him a little feedback on that, and I was happy to do that. Um, and then uh, over the summer, uh, we he called and asked if I knew anybody. And and what he didn't really know at that time was that God was already moving in my heart, moving in my mm. my wife's heart. Mm. Um, and and within two or three weeks of each other, we we both sensed the same thing. And then uh, we were over dinner or something, Treg, talking about it. And and uh, we were just like kind of almost said the same thing at the same time. You know wow. that uh, wow. that we felt like felt like our time uh, in in South Georgia was coming to a close. We didn't know what that was going to look like going forward, but we we yeah. believed that God was getting ready to move us, and so hmm. we, that that kind of opened opened my mind and my heart to those conversations. That yeah. you know, just to be open to the possibility of going somewhere else and just seeing what yeah. God would do. Wow, good, and and so you received this call in in proximity. What's how far are you from where you started and you know how many hours is the church now and did you move homes and how did that all work yeah we did have to relocate um i grew up in the atlanta area but i've never been lived on the south side of town where we okay. where we are currently it's about 200 miles uh, north of where we were living so we had okay. to sell a house and buy a house you know all of the things that you have yeah. to do and you learn your way around. And uh, I remember the the first time I drove from the new house to the church without using a, a Google Maps was like a big win. <laughs> it took a little time. And then, of course, you know, furniture and then the, the yeah. new house that was an existing yeah. home. We got projects, yeah. uh, honeydew lists, sometimes we call it. Yeah. Um, yep. But uh, that, that whole transition actually went really smoothly. Oh, we good. sold our house there quickly. We bought a house here quickly. And uh, the church was fantastic, um, helping us move and, and get Wonderful. settled in. We we're really grateful for that. Wonderful. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, especially in this day and age with the housing market the way it is, that's not always easy to do. No, no, it's not. And, you know, the, 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 the financial realities too are, are a lot different. Our, our mortgage yeah. rate was, you know, doubled the interest yeah. rate on the loan, you know, those kinds of things, but, yeah. you know, but we just believe that we were in God's will and, and uh, as different things fell into place, you know, almost, almost like clockwork, yeah. uh, they, they were just things that reaffirmed that we were, we were following God and doing what he was calling us to do. That's, that's wonderful. So, you, so when you go into a new ministry like that, uh, are you spending a lot of time with the pastor trying to figure things out and, you know, how do you balance not taking too much of his time, but at the same time, you're still trying to learn the ropes. How's that going with that? Um, well, I've the first year, uh, best advice I've gotten in terms of uh, starting at a new church is uh, spend as much time as you can in your first year building relationships, hmm. uh, getting to know the people, um, finding out who the influencers are. Those are those are important things yeah. for for new uh, new executive to learn. Yeah. Um, you you. Yeah, for for a number of reasons, uh, but right. doing that, um, spending a, a bit, a good bit of time with the pastor, um, I believe that the the executive pastor's role, the assistant's role, is not to bring my vision to the church, but uh, my role is to help him execute the vision that God has given him, put on his heart. Amen. And so, Amen. but it ta it takes time to 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 discern what that is, hear what that yeah. is, and then the different you know the different aspects and facets of how you. Um, how you go about executing that and, yeah. and his what where his heart is. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's exciting. That's exciting though. 
to be able to do it that. Is. Are you the first executive pastor then to uh, I am. I am. They've okay. not had an executive before, uh, to my knowledge. Okay. okay. All right. Well, that's that's exciting times though, paving that way and and coming in and doing that in ministry. Now, background then, um, Chris, I was reading on you a little bit and a little bit of your background. You were very involved in Georgia with higher education and serve some roles, I believe, with that. And can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what you did in, in Georgia? Absolutely. Um, we've got three uh, colleges, universities here in, uh, okay. in Georgia that are part of Georgia Baptist uh, okay. life. Um, I got really involved with one of those, Truett McConnell University. It's okay. in Cleveland, Georgia, an hour and a half or so north of Atlanta. Um, back in 2016, I joined. I was invited to join their board of visitors. Okay. And uh, and it's not a governing body or anything, but it's a group that that promotes the school, um, mm-hmm. tries to steer students there, um, and bring others that can help support the mission of the school yeah. um, into a relationship with them. And I've been doing that for uh, eight years now, or about oh. eight years now, and and love supporting the school. Yeah. Uh, the the president there, Dr. Canner, is uh, he's a just a godly man, and the 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 leadership there the team that he's put together is phenomenal in fact i i believe so much in the school that both of my kids went there yeah that's great i i caught that when you're saying is that that's where your daughter is so that's yeah that says and, a lot. and they were both on campus um i've taught some online classes for them as well okay. um in the business school uh, interestingly not over in the you know the christian studies program yeah. but in the business business school uh, I, I i'll support them any way that they need help yeah. and uh so I've been doing that for yeah most of most of my uh, ministry here in Georgia. Wow. wow. So when we're looking like a, as an assistant, and the, one of the things that was intrigued to me, Chris, about your life is you got your uh, you got your hand in a variety of things. Mm-hmm. It seems like from you know working there at the college to working with you know the education boards there in Georgia to higher education, and then obviously your blog. You know what. As the role of an assistant, did you do you feel like, okay, these were add-ons or this is did you feel this is all part of your ministry as you served? I, I, I haven't looked like, at it as an add-on. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I say because I, I think sometimes we're like, well, I need to be, you know, in the office for this many hours and then on my spare time I'll I'll do this or I'll do that. Or do you look at that as you know, is this is all part of your ministry and you're able to do this because of your role that you're playing there at the church? Um, I've I've viewed all of it as part of my ministry. I've been blessed to be involved in a denomin- uh, number of denominational roles, uh, associational roles um, since I entered ministry. And I'm grateful for those opportunities, the opportunity to be deeply involved with uh, things that Truett McConnell has been a blessing. And I just look at it all as part of uh, my overall ministry. And as God opens doors, uh, a, a dear, dear saint that's with the Lord now uh, used to tell me, oh, you, the Lord has opened that door for you. You must step through it. Yeah. And, and so and then writing, I, I, I deeply enjoy writing. And uh, if if any of that helps somebody on their own journey, uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, a lot of the content uh, tracked my journey through uh, my my master's program at Liberty. And so and that content uh, still gets hundreds of hits uh, a month. Wow. 
Wow. And so, wow. yeah, so that's a, it's a, it's a blessing. And occasionally I'll have people, they'll email me. Um, they'll ask questions. I mean, even just recently earlier this year, I, I posted an article encouraging people to attend the Georgia Baptist convention and mm -hmm. a friend of mine, I hadn't communicated uh, with in a number of years, reached out to me and wanted to know, Hey, what are the issues? And so I told okay. him, well, you know, he, cause they're bringing messengers. I said, Hey, we're going to yeah. be voting on a new constitution. Yeah. We got a couple of things going on. You should probably share with them. So, um, the, every once in a while, God, lets me know that that's making an impact somewhere. Yeah. So I keep doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we feel like, especially in the area of blogging out, oh, nobody's reading blogs anymore, or, you know, is, is this even worthwhile, but that's encouraging to know that, Hey, the Lord's using that. And mm -hmm. I, I think too, um, I think writing is just a good practice for everyone. I agree. You know, it just helps us is not just even writing sermons, but but just writing thoughts or writing, you know, sitting down and taking the time to put the ink on the paper. I think there's something special about that. I, I agree. It it helps me to organize my thinking. Um, all, you know, a lot of times I'll I'll do a little research uh, as I'm writing something, and uh, uh, it'll strengthen my view on something. Or at times, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't know that, and it'll kind of kind of change the direction of uh, uh, of what I'm writing, and and I'm writing what I'm thinking, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it helps me to organize my thoughts and and to to share them in a more articulate way. Yeah, I think it's good. And I would, you know, even even some of the guys listening, well, I don't have an audience or I, I can put on a website. I think even just a little newsletter to your church family mm -hmm. is is a great start. You know, just just putting that out there and just getting started with that writing. And um, so I think that's um, I think that's a worthwhile practice for sure for the guys to do. And and, you know, from the time you started, you can just see because would you start back in 2007, I think, started doing some blogs and things I read. Um, yeah, I got started uh, blogging in 2007 and uh, really leaned into it as I got going in seminary. Uh, yeah. But just figuring out, I mean, from the use of the tools that were available to to create the site and then um, getting, you know, you, you don't write, you know, 10,000 word blog posts, you know, you, right. you know, 750 to 1250 words, yep. you know, somewhere that's kind of the sweet spot. And just learn, you know, figuring that out and then chronicling that journey. And uh, yeah. uh, to my surprise, a lot of people were interested in in that and had questions that, mm. you know, the same guys, uh, guys and gals that I was in classes with had. And yeah. so I like to think that some folks grew through that process along with me. That's wonderful. I love that. And yeah, I think that's I think that's fantastic. And I think that, um, you know, you'll hear blog, blogging is dead or this, you know, I there's always opportunity for those things. And I think that God can use it. Like you said, and you just don't know Absolutely, who can, who can listen and, and take heed and, and be part of that. So that's, I think that's great when you're looking in, especially in your role. I think sometimes guys will be sitting at their desk as an assistant pastor and man, I, I wish I had more to do, or man, I, I wish I was, but there's always something to do. Uh, agreed. Uh, I've I've never sat in my office and said, "Oh wow, I wish I had more to do today." Yeah, uh, there, yeah. there's all there's always something to do. There's always yeah. an individual uh, to to reach out to. There's always uh, a hospital visit to go do. There's yeah. you know there there there's always something going on with the facilities. You know, an air conditioning yeah. unit goes down or whatever. There's just always <laughs> yeah. something to do. That's really good. Absolutely. Now, age difference between your pastor and where you come in. Is he older, um, same age? Where is he? He is younger than me by about 14 years. Really? 
Yeah. So I'm serving, okay. I'm serving uh, under the leadership of uh, my first millennial. Wow. Wow. So, so tell us about that. Cause that is really unique. Um, how, how is that going? Has there been any um, things that you've had to adjust to with the younger, you know, working with a younger man? Cause I'm guessing then he's mid thirties. Uh, he's 39. 39. Okay. All right. And so how, how is that? And how's that relationship? Well, uh, the relationship is good. He is okay. a, a remarkable leader. Um, he's a fantastic communicator as well. And so he, uh, you know, and he's got very clear uh, ideas, the direction that he wants things to go, mm-hmm. um, he spends time coaching, coaching staff and, and helping work through, Hey, we need to focus on this or, or when we meet after uh, an event, uh, giving feedback on, on yeah. what was good and what we can do better, those kinds of things. Um, very, very in tuned with relationships, very focused on relationships, mm-hmm. um, maybe more so than, uh, than my previous pastor, um, okay. who's about, and there's about a 20 year age difference between them. And, yeah. uh, Dr. Foster was, uh, about six years older than me. So, um, his leadership style, I was more, more accustomed to my current pastor's mm-hmm. leadership style, um, a, a little different than that. Okay. But okay. good different. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And so when you say relationships, you just mean with with members and community and and areas like that? Yeah, all of the above. Okay. Um, de- you know, strong relationships with uh, with the members of the staff, um, deep relationships with the uh, members of the congregation. He calls literally phone call uh, to everybody on their birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah, he he reaches out, uh, you know, birthdays and anniversaries, and and it's it's really neat, Treg. He'll he'll get comments after services from folks, you know, because he'll stand there as they're leaving, yeah. um, and and it's a regular occurrence to hear, you know, you're the first pastor that's ever called me, and you're hearing yeah. this from a from a, a senior adult, yeah, that's been in yeah. church for forty or fifty years, and so yeah. he's he's really in tune with that, and the that's the church great. really responds well to that. That's great. Now. Is do you come alongside and help him with that? Hey, these are the anniversaries and birthdays coming up, or does he have a secretary that does that? No, his ministry assistant puts all that on okay. his calendar. Okay, um, and she she's good about making sure that uh, that those things hit the calendar. She stays a week or so, uh, I would guess, out from yeah. that. Yeah, um, oh, that's but good. so every morning yeah. when he gets up, he's got it on his calendar. Uh, hey, these are the three people I need to call. So name uh, and and phone number, yep. so he can just literally tap his phone uh, yep. calls, and and it just takes a few minutes, but it means so much. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's truly amazing how it, sometimes it's just the little things. But I think again, mm-hmm. in ministry, we say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm too busy, or I've got too much going on." And in reality, sure. it takes what six minutes, seven minutes to make an impact. Well, it doesn't take long. I mean, no. and we do, so in our education ministry, the uh, we'll do a three week, uh, what we call a three week report. If someone hasn't okay. been in, in, uh, in their group uh, for three weeks, they turn up on a report that the, uh, each of the, the ministry heads uh, receive and okay. they call them. So the Sunday school teachers should be calling them if they've been out for, for one or two weeks. Then on third, third week, the, the, the minister responsible for that area calls them. And, uh, uh the pastor gets a, a week four report. If you've not been in your group for four weeks, you're getting a call from the senior pastor. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's just, that's great. That's a, but that's, I mean, we answer for their souls, right? I mean, that's, that's right. That's our calling. It is. And so, so, and they, and they deeply appreciate it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And we, we would, yeah, I think all of us would do better if we were more diligent in those areas. I agree. Um, to, to do that. And so, okay. Yeah, I learned a lot from him. Yeah, that's really good. I love it. That's why I was kind of bringing it up because I know these guys are listening. I think a lot will be able to learn. <laughs> from sure. him. I did birthday cards when I first became the pastor here at faith. Uh, I did the same thing. So I just wrote a birthday card. Mm-hmm. And the exact same thing happened to me. An 80 year old gentleman came up to me and said, I must say, that's the first time in my entire life I ever received a birthday card from a pastor. Wow. And, and I'm sure other birthdays, you know, other people, but it was something different because it came from the pastor. Yeah. And we'll, we'll do, we'll send uh, so in staff meeting, we'll go around the room. Hey, does anybody know somebody that needs a touch? And we'll drop a card in the mail. Everybody will just write a, just a, you know, just a brief little something, you know, Hey, we're praying for you today, Mm -hmm. Pastor Chris, Pastor Josh. Um, and uh, it goes in the mail. So not just those those important milestones, but just yeah. somebody that's dealing with something that we're aware of, just send them a that's note right. of encouragement. And I think that's fantastic, too. And, and even as some assistants are listening, I think that's what you said, always be busy. That's that's a great ministry for assistants to be, mm-hmm. you know, to be involved in that and, you know, talk to the pastor about it. And you could do the card and just say, hey, pastor, we put your name on there or just yeah. a little note praying for you. And and assisting that is is great. We we sometimes I think in certain circles we get so caught up on on growth on width that we miss the depth. And that's what you're talking there. That's the important. Uh, I I agree. It's a yeah. uh, it's a really really neat practice. And uh, as I said a few minutes ago, the our, our congregation really responds well to yeah, that. Absolutely, I love that. And so, Chris, what you, the other thing I wanted to talk about is education. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with your journey on education and what you've been through with your multiple degrees. And I know um, I have a little thing, the things I wish I'd have done early in my ministry. And number one has to be finish my education. Mm-hmm. And I did not do that as it was just a variety of reasons from not encouraged to do it to, you know, not having the money to do so. But what would you tell the guys that they're listening? Let's say, you know, they, they've got an undergrad, they're working maybe part-time in a church or maybe even full-time as a youth pastor, assistant pastor. And man, I don't have the time to go back to school or I, I just don't know if I need that. What's, what's your take and what would you encourage them to do? Well, I, I didn't go to college to start my undergrad until I was 30. Okay. And and so I, I was a little late to get getting to school myself. I didn't start seminary until uh, I was. Uh, it was the year I turned thirty nine, but I was still thirty eight okay. at the time. It was the beginning of the year, wow. so Good for you. Um, it was. Uh, I I just deeply deeply believe, Treg, that a, a call to ministry is a call to prepare, and that can yeah. look like a lot of different things. I love that. Um, yeah. But but. Um, you know, we're called. You just said it a minute ago. We're called. You know, we're we're responsible for people's souls. Yeah. And so the, 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 the deeper our preparation, I, I think the better, yeah. um, the, the investment in going after an advanced degree is an inve- investment in your church. It's an investment in your ministry for a lifetime. Yeah. And, and so I just, I, I if, if you can do it, um, if it's, if it's feasible, Financially, um, if your schedule can work, I know a lot of your listeners are uh, maybe bivocational pastors, yeah. and they're they're already working a forty-hour full-time job, and then they're pouring into their church, yeah. and and their schedules literally may not allow for it. But if if you can work that out any kind of way, I would deeply encourage people to 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 consider it and consider it 
uh, hard. You know, the there's so many uh, education delivery is, has come so far so fast in the last decade. And now all of our Southern Baptist seminaries have complete uh, master divinity programs that can be done online, wow. other degrees, um, other master of arts degrees, specialty degrees, those kinds of things. Um, and you don't have to uh, leave your current uh, ministry setting, pack your family up and move to, you know, three yeah. states away. You can do it. You can do it in the evening um, at home after work or after church on your computer. Yeah. Now, is that what you did with Liberty? Chris, uh, with you- Liberty, I did. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Um, my, how was that, that experience for you? I tell you the uh, my I have a uh, my undergraduate and MBA were both in seat, so I was in classroom okay. yeah. uh, uh, several times a week, and and that was challenging with small children. Uh, Liberty was a hundred percent online, and I tell you the biggest thing about that Treg is is it was kind of lonely. Um, and, and part of and that and and so the blogging yeah. kind of sprung out of that too, and then the interaction right. that I had with people through that, yeah, um, you know, really helped me because we were getting into stuff. Uh, my my wife would proofread a paper, you know, when I'm in a you know an English class or something, and that's all fine and good. But you know, we're over here in homiletics and tossing around Greek and Hebrew words, and she she got to a place and said, you know, I can't I can't proofread this for you. I don't have yeah. any idea what you're saying yeah. here, <laughs> right? Right. And so so the online on online is a little challenging because uh, you don't don't have uh, folks around you every day sharing the journey. Yeah. No, I can see that. I mm-hmm. can see that. But um, still, even if that's all we can do, that's that's well worth it. Absolutely. And and uh, I still I had uh, developed relationships with people back in 2009, 2010, 11, and we've stayed, um, you know, close to, you know, through social media. I've had an opportunity to meet a number of people in person uh, that I first got connected to online because of my yeah. educational journey. And so it's uh, uh, there are people out there in the same place uh, that, that that you are. Um, and, and, and God will bring, bring some of you together and, yeah. and it'll bless yeah. you. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really good. Well, Chris, I mean, thank you so much, brother, for coming on and, and being part of the podcast today and encouraging our, our guys in this role. Um, that's my pleasure. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll definitely, we'll be doing this again soon and, and continuing this. And I know that that's been a benefit and a, um, an encouragement to all of us. And now I'm, I'm going to have to go make some calls and wish some people happy birthday. <laughs> well, you do that, uh, Trey. God bless you. God bless your right, ministry. Brother. And I Thank can't you. wait to see the next podcast. Awesome. And um, anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to reach out to you if they have any further questions? Um, they can email me. Probably my Gmail account is the best way to do that. Chris.Sanchez2 okay. at gmail.com. They can visit my okay. website. And there's a contact page there at drchrissanchez.com. And awesome. uh, th- those come right to my phone and uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty easy to track down. That's awesome, Chris. Yep. I found you. On, obviously, I found you and didn't didn't even know you existed two weeks ago. So. <laughs> <laughs>